a backup and a redundancy and a redundancy for the backup. Excellent. I wonder if I can do a whole interview like this. Like, no, please don't. No, don't. Please, yeah, let's not please do don't. That. Please don't. No. That's three. Let's, let's not do that. I don't like how everyone just said it at the same time. You know, like no one let the thought linger or nothing. It was just no. a meet now. Like, wow. No. Okay. It, did, okay. it didn't land with us, Phil. Mm. It didn't land. Mm. Okay. I, I, but let's not, let's not close the creativity. Let's keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. Let's look at other potential you know you know i was always of the thought it's yes and you know yes and that's how we keep you know creativity alive. no no oh. it's just no oh. it's just no yeah there's nothing to add. <laughs> wow <laughs> all right so um if everyone is ready ready ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to another episode of mental wellness mondays a podcast brought to you by two broke twimbos in which we discuss all things mental wellness we're glad to have our regular guest, Dr. Nyarai Paweni, who continues to expand our minds and make ourselves feel better. Thank you very much for being here, Dr. Nyari. I hope you're well. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Great. No concerts in the last week or so? <laughs> None. Okay. All right. <laughs> and as usual, Dr. Nyari brings with her some uh, very distinguished friends and colleagues who are able to help us understand more uh, in the realm of mental wellness. Uh, today, we have got uh, we've got a great guest. Her name is Tandi or Tandiwe Masuku. Uh, she is currently the head of uh, HR uh, for Johnson Johnson South Africa, uh, and not only that, but uh, she is. She's involved with a lot of things that need to do, or rather that have to do with uh, talent management, organizational design, coaching, business collaboration. So we're very grateful for you being here. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Danny and Dr. Nyari. Um, It's really, really a pleasure to be here and just get to speak to you guys and mental health, um, when mental health and well-being is such an important topic, isn't it? Especially in the life that we live now. So looking forward to our chat. Mm. Absolutely. Personally, I'm a little upset and I'm a little sulky right now. I'm just just letting you guys know that I had a great idea and it was shut down (laughs) by Tandy. It was very hurtful. (laughs) It's really necessary you know like like just wow do, do you do you want to do the voice and then our audiences can kind of oh, no, they've come to know. expect it you know but i'm you know, i'm just <laughs> saying you know like couldn't even humor me or nothing and personally you know coming from an hr background i don't feel motivated oh. to reach my full potential now because my ideas have been oh, shut down wow. i don't feel valued in the workplace and this, wow. this, this is just a negative, you know, and personally, wow. personally, wow. this is a great case. Study. You know what, Phil, mm. you know what, Phil, mm. as an HR professional, I can tell you that your, your, your sense of self and worth comes from you first and foremost, before you need to be validated by other people. <laughs> <laughs> You see, you see. Wow. And a, a pro. That's mm-hmm. what you you should come here more regularly, uh, if you don't mind, because I think Phil sometimes needs people to just just keep him in check, you know, just a little bit. Um, yeah, self-love is <laughs> very important, Phil. <laughs> well, we're very happy to, uh, to have you here. And I think right, uh, right at the beginning, we should say um, we're not here to talk about the vaccine. And I know the moment people hear Johnson & Johnson, that's the first thing that comes to their mind. Not baby powder. Totally. So, Oh yeah, and the baby powder. We're not talking powder. about that either. 
Oh, like that. I just mean like in general, but also like the baby oil. That's what I know of. Baby oil. No, the baby oil. The baby oils for when men don't do the right thing and the women use it, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is that kind of interview. <laughs> this is that kind of interview. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying this episode. <laughs> uh, no, PG, PG. Okay. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe it'd be great for us to to uh, to learn a little bit more about yourself. How did you how did you get into the role that you currently are in now? How did you end up working in HR and uh, helping people as a life coach? Oh, funny enough, I um, actually started out um, with studying English. I intended to become a teacher, or it, well, at least my parents intended me to be. Um, so I studied English at Solusi University. I loved my time there. Um, and with the whole situation in Zimbabwe, the economy wasn't um, going the way it was. I decided to kind of move countries and try something new. And I sort of stumbled into HR. It wasn't a cautious, a conscious decision that I kind of said, look, this is what I want to do. Um, I, it happened to me. And fortunately, I fell in love with it. So it's really been a journey to get to where I am now. Um, a lot of support from a lot of people um, learning new things. I think a learning mindset is always very important, right? So because people can only get you so far, but if you're not willing to learn, unfortunately, you don't progress in life. So I think that's in a nutshell how I've gotten where I am. I, I kind of moved from home. I was young. I was just out of university. I was like 20, what, 24 or so, 23. 23 and I moved here and it was a very, very tough time talking about mental health and resilience. Um, like leaving home is probably the toughest thing a, a young Zimbabwean child or anyone else anyway needs to do um, when you're still trying to figure yourself out as a human being. So for me, I started, I think I listened to one of your, your episodes and someone was talking about how they started out staying in Hillbrow and, um, and that's where I started. I started staying, staying in Hillbrow. Um, and that's where some recruiter found me working at a small Nigerian shop. Um, and they were like, what are you doing here? doing this and selling CDs at a Nigerian shop. It's like, well, I'm here. I need to start somewhere. Um, and this lady was like, I've got a recruitment company. Don't you want to come work for me? Like, it's amazing how things start. And that's literally how I got into Asia. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Talk about Nigerian selling CDs. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It was interesting. Like I spent half the time trying to understand what the language was because the accent was quite heavy for me at that point in time. But I needed to tell the customers about the CDs mm. <laughs> and the DVDs. That, that is that is quite interesting. I think many people might be able to relate to the idea of there's somewhere I want to get to, but they have to start somewhere, especially uh, either being in Zimbabwe or coming from Zimbabwe. What is what, what do you think it is that the, the recruiter noticed in you or saw in you that um, gave them that, uh, um, you know, the idea or the thoughts to, hey, this is someone who could potentially do well working um, in HR? 
Yeah, it's a very good question. I think the big thing about me as a person, and maybe it's the way I was brought up, is that everything I do, I need to do with excellence. Whether I like it or I don't like it is, is irrelevant. So if I am where I am, I need to make sure that I'm putting 110% into it. So I, I think with her walking and stepping into that shop that I was selling a DVD and CDs in, she, I, I was I was just being me. I was being polite. I was doing my job to the best of my capabilities. Uh, funny story, her car had broke down in Hillbrow. Her battery had died on her phone and yeah. she wanted to use the, um, what is it called? It, it was like a DVD shop come uh, internet cafe come phone shop. Mm. So she wanted to Photocopying use that. Photocopying yeah. everywhere. Chickens. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it was. So she kind of stepped into all of that and I was quite helpful and friendly. Um, and she just started asking me questions about myself and, that's when she learned, look, I went to school and I did this and I did that and I'm here, but I need to start somewhere. Mm. Yeah. That is, um, that is a, a, an interesting story. And I think I love the, the thought process and ethos behind it, but let's, let's be honest, Tandy, very few people have that mindset, the mindset of I'm going to do whatever I need to do in whatever situation I'm in. Uh, I think most people I've met are, they're more inclined to be complainers than they are to be make the best of us. Oh no, I complain. I complain too. <laughs> you just complain in private. You just complain in private. <laughs> help, help us understand this mindset that you have. Okay. Um, so this is what I, I grew up with very, um, kind of strict parents, right? So my parents are quite strict go-getters and they've always been go-getters. Um, and in, in growing up, they were kind of like, if you're doing something, do it well. Check your attitude. If you want to go scream about it later, go scream about it somewhere else. But if you're going to do something, do it well. And I think that's kind of you know, when something gets drilled into your head over and over and over again, it kind of sticks with you and and you either choose to 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 rebel against it or you choose to embrace it in your own way. And I think over the years, I've chosen to embrace it in my own way, because one, I need to focus on my end game and my end goal. What is it that I want out of life um, and what is it that's going to lead me to that place I want to go that has got my even more happiness later on. That's kind of how I view it. So if it's tough now and I don't like it, but it's a means to an end, then I kind of buckle down and go through with that um, and try and maintain and try and see the good in everything. Because in every, even though I was working in that DVD shop, uh, it's easy for someone to say, well, I've got a degree and, and, and I've, I've studied. So why should I go and sell at a DVD shop? How is that going to help me in the long run? But if you think is sitting at home going to be better mm -hmm. or is this going to lead you to a better way? Because a lot of people's mental health suffers because of the perceptions that people have. Mm -hmm. 
and the worry about what are people going to say? Like I left, I left Zimbabwe. I had my job in the Ministry of Information. That's where I used to work. I lived in Marlborough with my parents. I was very happy. I had my own bedroom. Um, I was comfortable. I had a boyfriend who had a good job. So I was really happy. But the only thing that I was lacking was I couldn't see where my future lay whilst I was still in Zimbabwe. So I didn't see that. I didn't see that I would get married to my boyfriend who would even afford to do that. Um, so, so that was this guy. one of the drivers, you know? <laughs> um, so for me, really, it's, it's, it's just very important to know what it is that you want um, and go for it and not dwell too much on because that's, that is the mental cage that we all are in of what will people say. Mm. On behalf of Zimbabwean boyfriends, um, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to say that the majority of us are good men who are looking for long-term futures with our ladies. Mm. Mm. Okay, Denaya. Mm. Okay, just- Danny. <laughs> who can afford weddings actually <laughs> <laughs> so yeah let's not get into that if you don't want to see me unraveling in real time here on this podcast <laughs> i think so we've go got a, we've got a doctor here don't worry feel free <laughs> to unravel and a life coach he's in the midst of planning a wedding so yeah yeah that might be so. another another session on his own <laughs> okay for sure I think you touched on something really important there that you might have glossed over, which was planning and having a vision. Back then, did you have like a vision board, a plan, a life goal or something? And if you did, how were you executing against it? Because as you mentioned, that's a big leap. When you're young and you're like, I'm comfortable, but I need to take the leap and be uncomfortable because going from staying in your own place in Marlborough to Hillbrow. I don't know if you've been to Hillbrow, but Hillbrow's Hillbrow. You know, Hillbrow's Hillbrow. So <laughs> that's a big leap. Um, what was motivating that? Um, two things. Firstly, I always knew that I want to have my own house at a very young age. And I want to ha- have that house in the burbs. I knew that. Um, and what I was earning where I was working, I knew with that, I'm never going to live in the burps. Um, and so I thought to myself, that's one thing. So what can I do to get there? So first I thought, okay, I'm not a very entrepreneurial person. And this is where this country is going. And since I'm not an entrepreneur, so important to know yourself, people, Um, So I knew I wasn't an entrepreneurial person. So I thought the next step would be to move Um, and to move to a country that's close enough to home. So I knew that. I knew I wanted to see my parents on a regular, my siblings on a regular. Um, I also knew that at the heart of it, my options were limited in terms of career and what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something to do with people. I just knew it wasn't in communications per se. Mm -hmm. So I knew that. 
So it's not always that you have this amazing vision board, right? So there's always this assumption that people have got this step-by-step process and they've got a vision board and they want to do this. But sometimes you've got a shell of what you want. And the years that you have in your life as you continue to grow, you build on that shell. It's like, you know, there's those Easter eggs that are hollow on the inside, right? But then you also have Easter eggs that are stuffed with stuff inside. And so that's kind of how I I view life, that I have this shell, this Easter egg that I need to keep packing other little small Easter egg inside until it's the volume and the size of what I want it to be. And it meets up to my goals and what I want out of life. Mm. So if there's a lesson to take away, <laughs> Don't let it peel you, peel it. Do peel it. <laughs> That's it. The other, the other thing that I also found striking, Dan, did you did you hear that jab? There was a jab there. It said like there's no future in communications. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Uh, no. Um, look, look, that's you know, not what you know, it was intended. No, no. That was like, was not hard dream. That was history. not my. Did you get the part when I said <laughs> you need to know yourself? Yeah. And yeah, her but, sister, but, her sister's big in communication. So I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you see, Philip, Indeed. And so, you know. Mm-hmm. Indeed. How many Fenty lodges have you been to recently? Oh. <laughs> that was an interesting one. Indeed. <laughs> well, no, we're just, we're just uh, chatting. You know, we're just chatting. <laughs> we're just chatting. <laughs> so, um, Tandy, if, if, if you don't mind us calling you that. Um, yes. When you when you take on or when you're helping people in your role as a life coach, um, I, I'm sure that some of what you've been discussing right now, very broad mindset issues are some of the things that you talk about. But if we were to talk about specific steps that people should take when they find themselves without knowing what to do or they find themselves lost or unhappy in their job, what specific steps do you help people take to try and find uh, happiness in either what they're doing now or to find what they would want to do that makes them happy? So one of the things that really works, especially when people are in a, in a dark place, because we all get there at some point in our lives, we get to a dark place. And the first thing I always ask the people to do is to write down all the things they can think of that are terrible. I'm sure you were expecting that I would say that are good, but no. Yeah, that I, notebook. Yeah. Yeah. Thick like what is, a, what is, yeah. Thick notebook. So what is several, going, several pens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going terribly wrong in your life? Write it all out. And in a way it's, it's, it's therapeutic because it, you get it out. We, we as a people in general, keep things inside. Mm-hmm. In general, we keep things inside because we want to be seen to be strong. We're not falling apart and all those things. So once they've written that, then I ask them to stew on it for a day. Read that, look at it. And then once they've done that, then go to write the good parts. And often once they do, they write the good things that are going on. They see that it's actually more, it outweighs the bad that's happening because what we tend to do as a people is catastrophize everything. 
um, even the smallest thing that happens in our life, we have an ability to make it sound big and make it bigger than what it is. So by that exercise, that's kind of the steps to first see, are you realistically looking at these things as it's the end of the world in, as you know it, or are you catastrophizing it? I know I do that sometimes. Like I, I, something small, like my kid got hurt. And it's like when I tell someone, oh, I had a crisis with my child and I'm using a small example. Um, they, they hurt their hand. It makes it sound like they broke their arm in six pieces or something. When in actual fact, they just fell off a jungle gym mm -hmm. and it's minor. That's what we tend to do with our lives. So, Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with you so far. I'm with you so far. Right. Write down what's going wrong. Mm. Take some time to stew on it and analyze it and think about it. Write down everything that's going right. Yes. So write down that everything that's going right. Once you've done that, map out, where do I want to go? What is it that I actually want to fix and choose one thing at a time. So if it's a lot of things, don't focus on the big picture. The big things. Oh, it's all this. This is wrong. This is wrong. And this. And this. I don't have that. Don't do that. Just focus on one thing. And if you can solve that thing, great. If you can't solve it, find someone that can help you. Because we tend to sit in our own corner and not ask for help. I don't know. And it's even worse in men. You do know that mental health affects even more men than it does. Then, you know, poor mental health affects more men than women. Because that's, of that's why that, the word men is mental. That's it. You caught it, Danny. <laughs> um, so really, it's important to just let things out. Have someone, one person that you can speak to. And usually what I find works is not speaking to someone that really knows you mm. because people that really know you lose perspective um, in terms of how they've probably heard your situation so many times. They've probably, some of them are getting to a point where they're actually tired of listening and hearing about the same story, which you're not resolving. So it's good sometimes to identify someone else but who's trusted, who's outside of your ordinary circle that you always speak to things about. So for me, that works in my life and that works in the people that I coach's lives. Ah, okay. Yeah. So just, just pivoting a little bit, and I, I've always wanted to speak to someone in HR about this issue. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. There was, a, there was a, an image or meme of some kind that was trending um, a couple of months ago about, um, it, I think it was an HR test of some kind. And the question was, um, so-and-so in the company feels very dissatisfied and wants to leave the company. Um, what are the follow, what, which of the following, um, uh, which of the following things could potentially be the reason why they want to leave? So it was like option, option A, you know, low salary. Option B, there was no pool table in the break room. Option C, you know, no one gave them compliments. Option D, you know, it was one, something along those lines. So the way the, the picture was set up, it was clear that the person had selected option A, low salary, um, as the answer to the question. 
and uh, it was marking it incorrect. And I was saying this is incorrect. Studies have shown that most people leave their jobs not because of money, but because they didn't feel appreciated in their workplace. Money is not really a major, um, major sticking point for most people. And obviously that particular image was going viral because people were like, wow, is this really what <laughs> HR professionals think? Mm. So the reason I bring it up is training in you HR. No, Dan is sugarcoating it. Let, let, me, let me put you bluntly. Human resources professionals have a terrible reputation on social media because every week, Munobuda with another scandal, especially when you are reviewing my CVs, Hey, someone put on their CV, they like to play golf. So we took them to a golf course. This person didn't know what a three wood and a five iron was. How terrible. Why are you lying? So what we are trying to ascertain at a ground level is HR Twitter. What is your family saying? No, man. <laughs> no. The reason, I br- the reason I bring it up is because... HR, obviously, one of the things that you consider a lot is the welfare of people in the workplace. And I think here we are speaking about mental health, mental wellness, and so on. And there's no doubt about it, a a huge cause of people's adverse mental wellness might come Mm -hmm. from the workplace. So someone who works in HR, yeah, Zimari, is it high up on the list of things that causes people stress? um, Billy, yes and no. Wrong. And the I, and answer is always 100% yes if you live in No, <laughs> No. And, okay, and sorry, I, and please and go ahead. I'm Help actually going to answer that from both the Zimbabwe and the South Africa perspective. Okay. Um, money mm-hmm. is a driver for many people. Mm-hmm. We cannot run away from that. That money will always be a driver for many people. If you earn the right money, it doesn't mean either that you should stay and be and not focus on your mental well-being. At the same time, if you do and if you don't, if you're leaving and you say, I'm leaving for the money, chete. very few people leave for the money. Chete. I think that's what HR Twitter is trying to say, that a few people leave for the money. Chete. Loyalty is a funny thing. When people I remember when I was in Zim, when I'm saying I decided to leave. I didn't earn that much, but I respected my boss very much because of the way he spoke to me, the way he spoke to the team, the way he, he brought us together. We would go to war for that man. We would purely because of the kind of leader that he was. Generally people leave poor leadership leaders that don't care, that don't have empathy, Leaders that don't have a a kind of open mind to say, okay, can I hear from someone's different perspective? That said, if Maria Andrew Tambera is not putting food on the table, people leave, no matter how good that boss is. But what I'm only trying to say is that it's it's always, it's not a, a standard, no, no, money is everything. Saka, people need to leave for the money. It's not a standard of that. It's a bit of both. In some cases, yeah, people leave for the money. But in reality, if you are in an unsafe, and I'm using that word um, deliberately, unsafe mental 
wellness place. It's not safe. You're not feeling you're being screamed at. And we've got leaders like that, hey, that really scream at their people. Um, when I was an intern, as a young person, I was still at varsity and we needed to do some work program. I worked for a public relations uh, organization. Hi, that woman used to scream at all of us. I mean, day in from morning to night, and we used to knock off late and it was quite horrible. So, however, if she had been in, and she didn't pay us well either, but if she, if she had probably was a very nice individual that was empathetic or listened and all of that, even if she didn't pay us well, we probably would have wanted to stay there for longer than we would have. Mm if it's not a good environment. Hmm. So that's, that's the balance. I think I hope I answered that. No, there was, there was a lot of diplomacy in there. So I, I, of, I, I mean, I'm in HR. There has to be diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, number one diplomats. <laughs> how, how I often see it is there has to be a minimum like you were saying, like the money you're earning has to put food on the table. No, it has. It has to put food on the table. So whatever, whatever the, the minimum amount is for whichever industry you're in or whatever level you are at the workplace, whatever the case is, especially if other places around are offering some sort of industry standard. If you are earning at least the industry standard that's going on, then now, you know, differences by 5% and 10% in salary would um, not be as big. The question though, Danny, I think that works and that works in a market and I'm speaking this as a Zimbabwean myself, that works in a market where that whole, what is the market range and what's the market salary like works in a, in a economy that is, is stable and fully established in some way. Things have shifted in Zimbabwe so much that they, there really is rarely an industry standard anymore. Mm. Um, which is the unfortunate thing. There's really an industry standard. There's like a, uh, okay, maybe maybe in government circles and all of those, there still is, and the nonprofit sectors. But the rest of the sectors, you know, the informal sector, the small, medium enterprises, there isn't that anymore. And that's why I think you find a lot of people complaining about their salaries because it's probably not as regulated as it should be anymore. Mm. 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 And that's my non-diplomatic answer. <laughs> while, while we still have you in this non-diplomatic space, um, another trending conversation that's going on around about HR and recruitment and so on is jobs posted without salaries. And I think, I think people are not realizing how important the salary is. Oh, no, in doing it, so we know that. Uh, we as actually, as, as long as, yeah, as long as we, no, we do know that that is there. But the thing is, displaying the salary sometimes as organizations, we there's a banding, right? Kuti Baserinotanga from 800 USD to, I don't know, maybe 1,500 USD. And if we then go ahead and our ad and already say, this is what we are offering from 800 to 1,500, and I'm using like this nice figure, then do you know what Danny's going to do? 
Danny is gonna immediately say, ah, no ranger. Just like, why are you not just giving me the one thousand five hundred? <laughs> yeah, forgetting that experience comes into play. Danny and Phil don't actually have the same amount of years of experience. They don't have the same qualifications. Danny is probably more educated than Phil or has more industry experience than Phil, all those things. So there are all those factors in place. And that's why most organizations are hesitant to put it forward already, because then the expectation from you, Danny, is 1,500 actually. Mm. Then what's, what's the mental health aspect of this question? Because this sounds like you are taking personal workplace <laughs> issues. You know what? I think he's been dealing with this. Phil, maybe I was coming out some bad rush. I can call someone and discuss. <laughs> no, in all in all in all honesty, I'm I'm thinking of of the this discussions that I've seen surrounding human resources. Uh, in general, HR in general. So I just a, to... well to link it to Phil's question about what does this have to do with mental health is that there's so many people out there looking for roles, right? Mm-hmm. And then then they get this advert that you're talking about that doesn't speak about Kutimariatra Imari because ultimately that's what one people want to know, right? Mm-hmm. And then they go through in some, and I'm not saying all organizations do this, but some organizations go out and do this. So this candidate goes through the entire process, is interviewed, and then you've invested so much time to show up. Then you realize, actually, they're not offering me what I really want. Mm -hmm. And you've actually wasted your time and emotionally and mentally you've taken strain to show up for these type of interviews and do that. So I think that's where the problem is. If, if the um, open cards are not played. So if we're not going to, as HR professionals, share the salaries upfront in an advert, then the best thing to do is when we're screening, Danny, what's your expectation? And in most situations, people are not even being asked what their salary expectations are. Purely because a lot of stress in that, right? You know, yeah, there's a lot of stress in that. Yes. to say, you know, what are you looking for? And you're like, oh, should I be too high? Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of emotional stress because there's no standard for you to say, I'm going to look on indeed.com yeah. and this is what they say they're paying. Exactly. So it's quite stressful. It is stressful. It, and then you find out you lowballed it. Right. And yeah, listen, I found out the, the, the hard way in previous organization where I felt I, I had lowballed myself. Yeah. Then you get there and then you're like, oh, flip, I could have asked for more. For more. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And this- yeah, no, it's okay. So, <laughs> a short hop, skip, and a jump from that conversation. I think. Another very poignant discussion that would be helpful to our listeners is what happens when I'm in a work environment that is unhealthy? Mm. Um, I'm dealing with a boss. I don't want to go to war for, but rather war with, you know, Um, Mm. there's someone who's not respecting boundaries or personal space or or they're just being confrontation. I think um, there was an article I was reading that like women in the workplace are subject to more resistance simply because of social conditioning where yeah. if you raise an idea, it's almost immediately shut down. Um, yeah, it's, in circumstances like that, what tools and tactics can people employ so that they, 
their job, which is paying their bills, does not become too detrimental to their mental health, especially if they don't have an option of leave. Yeah. So there's, I kind of hear two questions in that one. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of tackle both of them. The first one is what happens when you're in this toxic environment, right? With this leader that's not, and it's your boss that's toxic. And this is what I'm hearing from you. Mm -hmm. What happens with that? The question is, first and foremost, what is the culture of that, that organization? If the culture is that where nobody raises anything and if you raise something you're almost on your way out then in my honest opinion your mental health comes first but you still need to eat right mm. so one if you know especially if it's a one-man show and you know there's only one leader and there isn't a board and there isn't like you know a panama structures a kawanda then your options is either to start looking for something else. And I'm being serious about that. Start looking for something else or, or immediately be brave enough to address that leader. If you feel you can't, then your only route out of there is an exit. And that's the reality of it. And we need to make peace with that, but only exit when you've kind of found your option B so that you're not at home as well, getting depressed. And because now I'm just in a revenue, I'm going now. On the other hand, if it's a larger organization, then you've got your HR departments that you need to address, get, not ask them to speak on your behalf, but more coach you on how to have the conversation. Because the reality is most people don't want to have the difficult conversations. They want to complain about it and not have the difficult conversation. Our biggest issue is HR is wherever worldwide, our biggest issue is HR is people never wanting to give formal grievances. Mm. That's our biggest issue. They don't want to give more formal grievances because they always think that there's this misconception that HR is there for the company. It's such a misconception because we are there to balance things out, right? We're there to, for the business and we're also there for the people. So we're not anyone's person, but rather in between. There's a balance in terms of what we do. So if you can talk to HR, great, you can do that. But ultimately, the decision on whether what action you will take, whether to speak up, you are the only one that is, is able to assess that. That am I at a point where I can speak up? Are they trusted people that I can speak up to? Who will have my back? Who will have my back? If they aren't any, it's a different matter altogether. You need to either be bold enough to talk to that leader and say, I don't appreciate how you've been speaking to me in a respectful way. The difference is we lack the tact of having difficult conversations. We tend to just go, because we're now upset and say the wrong things. And say all sorts of things that we shouldn't be saying. Yet there's diplomatic ways to deal with conflict without it having to escalate. And then there is those crazy bosses that will just not take it. <laughs> That's the reality as well. But again, I've said it's either Watanga plan when you realize that's the issue. Yeah, most of them upload a massive LinkedIn. And don't have my car, I'm not it. Don't blame it. Don't blame it on the boss. Don't have it. 
<laughs> then as a weekly newsletter <laughs> this week in my CV updates. <laughs> <laughs> I I worked uh, on a serious note. I I worked at this um, years ago. I worked for this company where there was a leader who had a toxic employee in his team. Mm-hmm. So it was the mm-hmm. other way around. Very toxic employee, and he had just about had it, but there weren't any substantial things that he could put together that he can discipline him and do all sorts of things. So you know what he started doing. He started sending him links for jobs. <laughs> wow. That's actually a tip. Next next time we get a parabolic message, then we that's what we need to also try. <laughs> no, but you but you but you know what this boss does? This boss actually created like a he went to great lengths, like a fake account like a yahoo okay, that's account just, that's just, now, now, now that's just doing too much that's doing too much uh, no you've given me an idea yeah yeah, no. <laughs> yeah anyway yeah that is yeah that's i think that's quite helpful to a lot of people i think for most relationships and work those two things is a source of of probably most people's stress or worry and and so on um I have a a certain mindset that I wanted to put in front of you and just wanted to hear your opinion on it. Um, I think we are, we are often, you mentioned earlier that you had a a boss that you would die for. Not die, go to war for, but not die. Go to war for, not die. (laughs) But um, something that's often spoken about is that, you know, these, these, this new generation guy, I'm at 2000 there. No, they don't. They don't work like that. Eh? Um, mm-hmm. The the idea or the concept of loyalty or you know having a, an emotional attachment to your employer is that something that is beneficial, helpful? Is it is it is it good to cultivate that kind of mindset that I love where I work, I'm attached to it, I'm emotionally invested in where I work, or is it simply a paycheck where I go, I do the task that I'm given to the best of my ability and I collect my paycheck and I go home? Which of those two mindsets would you say is probably the healthier one to have? Uh, I might I might have a biased view of it, right? Because I, I, I really believe, strongly believe that purpose in your life, remember I spoke about purpose, purpose in your life is very important. So in as much as it's important to get along with your boss, the big key, because bosses leave, right? Bosses do leave. The big key is to love what you actually do Mm. beyond actually loving your boss or caring for your boss and, and thinking, okay, I'll go. So you go to war with them for two things. One, you appreciate that boss. And two, you love what you do. Mm. Totally agree. So it's it's both of those things. So it's either it's 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 you love what you do and you like your boss. So you can love all your your boss the, as much as you like. But if you don't actually love what you do, that's where the problem comes in. So I'm a 2000, as they're called, and I'm a 90s and whatever. I put them in that as well. Mm-hmm. These guys are. And, and I've seen a lot of them in the workplace now. They are very passionate about what they do. That's, that's the big thing about them. So it's not about who they do it for. Mm. 
It's what they do. So it's important to have, yes, an appreciation of the organization you work for. And like, for instance, J&J is a wonderful company. I love working here. But beyond loving working for J&J as a company, I love what I do as an HR person. And that's what people don't understand about Ama 2000. Ama 2000 just wants to um, love what they do mm. and get paid for it. By whom mm. is that, inconsequential. And that's their problem because when I worked, we never got is paid. Is it a problem? Yeah. Is it a problem? <laughs> we worked Wait, for what free. What has pay got to do with anything? You're worried about <laughs> salary when I was your age, young man. I worked for free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, maybe life was simpler then, guys. You could work for free. To gain exposure. To gain exposure. Ah, I'm so exposed. gain exposure. So much exposure. I'm, every part of me is exposed. It's wonderful. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> no, these you, are walk, you walked right into that one. <laughs> and I think, I think uh, I, I'm also inclined to agree with you there, Atandi, uh, um, that it's it's also you have to feel even if we're not discussing where you work or who you work for and so even how much you get paid the actual work that you do that you wake up and do every day you got to enjoy it because That's otherwise true. if you're waking up and just oh my god again uh yeah it's a passion be, thing you mm. miserable yeah Okay. great conversations i don't know philip do you have any i, any, no, I, any I think, we, I think we, we've covered the gamut um yeah, I, I think we, we really have had a, a good conversation. I think this would be great if we could have you back after we've, the listeners have sent in some questions because I know they're going to be plenty. Uh, but we really did enjoy you having on the show. Once again, we, I apologize for Dan and his unprofessional behavior. Um, oh, no. Was that not you? No, no, no. no, 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 no that was Dan. Yeah, I'm the handsome one. I'm the handsome one. He's, I, I don't even have to say anything. Not one. I, just, I just sit yeah, here. I, 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 got you, I got you back, Danny. <laughs> A2, Brute. A2. Dubes for life. <laughs> Dr. Nyari, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to, to speak to Tandir about. No, I think it was really um, fascinating conversation. I think maybe next time, you know, I know we talked about following your purpose. How does one get to that? I think that's that's a question I think maybe the listeners may have, because I think we assume that we all know what our passions are. And so there are probably some people who are like, okay, how do I get to my purpose and passion? So no, absolutely. I would love to talk about that. I could talk for hours about that topic, just mm. that. And, and what if your purpose or your passion is earning money? If that's your purpose. No, there's no such know. thing, Danny. Yes, there yeah. is. <laughs> it's called forex trading. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so that's, that's something we can definitely get into in future episodes. Thank you so much uh, Thank you. for coming through. If people do, you, are, are you interested in people reaching out to you? If they wanted to reach out to you, perhaps to hire you as their own life coach, how could they possibly get in touch with you? I will send my details to, to Doc Nyari. Um, and, and yeah, I'm very free, open to do that. I really believe that will be a bit, everybody that gets coached. In, no, actually, anyone that doesn't get coached does not always get to their full potential. Uh, we are only the best versions of ourselves if we're built up by other people. Iron really sharpens are. iron, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, I love you I, saying that. 
Because I think sometimes, pe- you know, brown people think we shouldn't be going to coaches. Yeah, no, but totally. Can I tell you that it's been such a, I've been coaching for probably three and a half years now. And in the three and a half years, I find that I have to grovel to get black people to be, um, to be, to do coaching. They think it's a nice to have, but I definitely have not made it to where I am now without coaches and mentors, two different things, by the way. But so I've definitely, so we need that. Everyone needs that. Whether you choose to be a Forex trader or whoever it is, you cannot be a best version of yourself without other people lifting up the mirror for you to look at yourself through. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Are, Are you available on social media? I'm not a social media person, but I am on LinkedIn. Count yourself lucky. Well done. That was a great life choice. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, I like to filter out the things that don't bring positive energy to me. You see, Mm. (laughs) that was a great, great decision you made. Mental well-being. That's what we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Tim. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Tandy. We want to say, okay. say thank yeah. you to yeah. Tandi Masuku. We want to say thank you very much as well to Dr. Nyari. Uh, and as usual, Mental Wellness Mondays is brought to you every Monday by Two Broke Twimbos. We, we would welcome your support for the podcast. You can go to twobroketwimbos.com forward slash donate to find out how you can support us. And if you enjoy these kind of conversations, we also give you an opportunity to contribute to them anonymously if you so choose. Twobroketwimbos.com forward slash help. And we can put you in touch with mental health professionals, with uh, life coaches, for example. If you're looking for that, we can put you in touch here with Tandy or anyone else. Uh, so you can just go to twobooktubos.com forward slash help if you're looking for help with your mental health uh, and you just don't know where to go. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. And thank you to uh, Tandy and Dr. Nyari for being with us. Thank you. Thank you.